Thinking aloud. Conversations on the leading edge of knowledge and discovery with psychologist Jeffrey Mishlove. Hello and welcome. I'm Emmy Vadness, co-host with Jeffrey Mishlove. Our topic today is writing from the soul. My guest is Joanne DiMaggio, who's been a guest on New Thinking Aloud a previous time, where we talked about investigating your soul's purpose. Joanne has a master's degree in transpersonal studies and is a spiritual mentor. She's been involved with the Edgar Cayce's Association for Research and Enlightenment since 1987. Joanne is author of several books, including Your Soul Remembers, Accessing Your Past Lives Through Soul Writing, and Soul Writing, Conversing with Your Higher Self, which is the topic of our conversation today. Joanne is based in Charlottesville, Virginia, and now I'll switch over to the internet video. Welcome back, Joanne. It's so wonderful to have you with us on New Thinking Aloud again. I'm really glad to be here. I had so much fun last time, so to have this opportunity means a lot to me. How did you begin exploring writing from the soul? Um, Actually, you know, it it, uh, happened by accident, which I think happens with most people. Well, with me, it was, it started when I was a child, when I was about nine years old. I came from um, an Italian-American family. So my parents were born in this country, but they spoke fluent Italian. And my grandparents lived with us, so they would speak Italian to them. And they would do it, especially when they didn't want my brother or I to know what they were talking, you know, what they were talking about. And I thought, this is really rude. (laughs) So I, uh, I did what any good Catholic girl would do. I I went and said a prayer, and I said, I asked Jesus to send me a secret code that would um, that I could write messages and leave them all around the house, and then mom and dad wouldn't know what I was saying, and then they would know what it felt like to, you know, be on, be on the outside looking in. So I sat under the sink in the bathroom, which was the only private room we had in the house, And I waited. I had a pen in my hand and paper on my lap, and I waited and waited and waited. And suddenly I started getting these figures on the the, uh, paper, and it created an alphabet. And I thought, heck, I could use this as my secret code. So I did. I left messages. Mom and Dad didn't care, so I forgot all about it. Fast forward 25 years later, and I'm in a calligraphy class. At this point, I'm married. I have children living in suburbia. I'm in this calligraphy class, and the instructor is showing the history of the written word. And she pulls down a chart to show us the very first uh, written language. And I was astounded because it was my secret code. And I thought, how did she get my secret code? Well, it turns out it was the Phoenician alphabet. So that dated, like, you know, over a thousand years ago. And I thought, how in the world did I access that alphabet? Well, when I looked back at my life, I realized I had used that same format of saying a prayer, asking for help through writing many times. I'd used it in college when I was taking uh, exams, history exams. We had to write essays. I knew I didn't know the material, and I knew that I couldn't really write a, a, a well-worded essay 
So I would then go back into my prayer, you know, please, please help me. And then the pen would just go off and I'd always get an A. And I thought, heck, this is pretty cool, right? Mm -hmm. In 1987, when uh, Shirley MacLaine's Out on the Limb came out as a miniseries, I got really seriously into my metaphysical studies. And I was doing the the Ouija board, which is a no-no, I realized, but I was doing that. And as I'm writing the letters down for friends who are, you know, getting their message, the pen starts moving again. And so I was getting messages. It wasn't until 1990 that I, when I was attending an ARE conference on how to be your own psychic, where the idea was presented that Mr. Casey talked a lot about um, inspirational writing and that automatic writing was like the number one no-no that the ARE said, do not use this for your psychic development. I realized then that I didn't know the difference between automatic writing and what Mr. Casey called inspirational writing. And so fast forward again, and I'm uh, working on my master's degree at Atlantic University, and my thesis is on uh, this inspirational writing process. But I decided to call it something else because by that time, inspirational writing, uh, the way Edgar Casey used it in the 1920s, 30s, and 40s, back then, uh, well, it's changed its its uh, its definition. And nowadays, if you were to type in inspirational writing in Amazon, you would get all books of the Christian genre. If you type in automatic writing, you're going to get all books of the occult. So neither one of those uh, in the here and now described what this process really was all about. So I thought, well, this is writing from the soul. This is coming from above, coming through you and through your soul and out. And so that's when I used the term soul writing and I've used it ever since. Why is automatic writing a no-no and also the Ouija board? Okay, so the uh, automatic writing is a no-no because you're accessing information from an outside source. So the ARE was concerned about possession and they had many cases of people coming to them who had used the automatic writing who ended up having an issue of possession because with automatic writing, you're not saying a prayer of protection. You're not surrounding yourself with white light. You're not going into a meditation. You're just right away going into the writing. And then the writing is coming from a a place of ego. It's an I-based response to you, you know, whereas with soul writing, it's the collective conscious we. Um, And then there's other differences between the two of them, but those are the basic. um, Mm -hmm. And I think and with um, the Ouija board, it's the same thing. Uh, the, The fact that you're opening a door, you're opening a window to allow these lower level influences to come through these energies that are not highly evolved. And so unless you use the proper precaution, which I do with everything that I do, if I do a a past life regression with somebody, I always include a prayer of protection, surround them with white light. Uh, And so, um, but you can tell because when you're doing the automatic writing, if you don't take those precautionary steps, you could feel a difference in your arm. You could feel the energy shifting in your arm. The writing looks completely different than it would if you were writing in a conscious state. Um, your soul is being directed to do something. It's being compelled to do something. Whereas with soul writing, it's just a simple, gentle nudge from spirit. You know, they don't say you should do this, you should do that. 
that's not the way it is at all. It's just a uh, soul writing is a written form of meditation. So if you think of yourself as um, prayer is uh, you talking to God, meditation is God talking to you, soul writing is you taking notes. Sometimes when people hear the term automatic writing, they may think that the pen is just moving on its own. Yeah, that the, the term automatic writing has got a lot of traction because it's the more widely used term. Um, and they, people don't think there's anything harmful in it. Uh, and the, and it does, the pen can move on its own. Um, you have, you have no awareness ahead of time of what's being written. Whereas with soul writing, you do, there is an awareness. Um, you may not have any control of your hand with automatic writing with, um, the soul writing. Um, you just consciously watch the writing uh, proceed. So there is that difference. And, and like I said, there is a, a, a different feeling to it. If you can attune, if you're sensitive to energies, you will feel the difference. Um, and you know, when it, when I've crossed over and if I've gotten cocky and I used to do that a lot where I would, I don't need to say prayer protection. I'm always protected. You know, I've been doing this forever. I don't need to do when I would do that. The, the pen would, uh, the, the message would be in very tiny little, little letters and it would go up at an angle like this. And I'm like, what is this? Uh, and then I knew that I was with the wrong folks and it was time to, to double down and do that prayer protection and surround myself with white light. So it's really a, a precautionary, um, uh, way of, of, uh, pursuing a message from spirit. Mm-hmm. It's aligning with those positive energies. Right. Okay. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. How can one differentiate when they are with those positive energies versus something that you don't want to be connected to? You can tell by the tone of the message. You can tell by the, like I said, uh, it's usually uh, when I'm writing with spirit um, and I've been doing it for a long time now. So I've developed sort of a rapport with with the guides that I'm working with. The message always opens the same way. We are with you in love and in light. I never get the singular ego-based I. Like, I'm here to guide you. I'm here to tell you what to do. So there's a tone. There's a loving tone with soul writing. It's a gentle nudging, you know. Um, where you feel like you're you're with loving energies that only want the highest and best for you. So the information they're providing you is meant as a guidance to you that you know deep down is not going to hurt you in any way. You know that um, uh, the whole feeling of not being alone, of being with these loving, that they're there 24-7 for you. Um, I think with automatic writing, you know, you just don't know who you're going to get. And you don't know what their intent is. And you don't know, I mean, you could, you can sense that the information they're giving you is not for your highest and best. It's, you know, they might be very bossy. Uh, they might be commanding you to do things. So you, you have to use your own discernment when you're doing this. But if you've done the prayer of protection and the white light, all of that, 
uh, you can be fairly certain that you're with the right people on the other side who are offering you their help and their guidance. Mm -hmm. How much of soul writing is connecting with the higher self or the divine or guides? It could be all of the, all of the above. It depends on, you know, your own spiritual practice. It depends on your level of awareness, how much work you've done on yourself. You know, when Edgar Casey would do readings with people, um, he could tell, you know, if they've done their homework, if they've really been doing work on their spiritual uh, bodies. And for those people, you know, he would give them the green light to do this kind of writing. And if you didn't, do any of that kind of internal work, spiritual work, he would say, absolutely, no, don't even, don't even attempt it. Uh, he meant the automatic writing in that case. So, um, yeah, I think that you can, I have a group of nine different uh, energies, I'll call them, that work with me. So it depends on the question that I ask. It's like, um, <clears throat> it's like there are nine different teachers. And if the question falls within the realm of their curriculum, then they're the ones who offer me advice. So if I'm asking a very deep, profound, esoteric kind of question, that's the, the, the guide that I'm going to get through that's going to talk to me, answer that question for me at that deep level. If I'm asking a question about past lives, I'll get somebody who knows about that end of it, um, or I'll get a past life aspect of myself to write back to me. That's a whole different topic. Uh, you know, so I have one that's a jokester who makes me laugh all the time. Uh, so they, they have personalities, to, even though they're in spirit. Uh, and, you know, so whenever, whatever you ask, if it's their area of expertise, then that's the one that'll come through. Or you might have just one main guide who's like, you know, knowledgeable about everything. And, and that's the one that consistently works with you. But I have nine and I noticed uh, a little bit of a difference between them as in the 30 something years I've been writing with them. So, so it's not unusual. You can go from one to 20. I don't know. Uh, you know, it just depends on, on the, the question you ask. Right. The topics may vary. Right. What are the variety of topics that writing from the soul can help someone with? Well, let's see. There's, there's many. Um, you can use it for enhancing your psychic abilities. So in other words, you can ask for an explanation about maybe a psychic event that you experienced or how to read an aura or, uh, or something uh, along along those lines. You can use it for past life exploration, as I mentioned earlier. Um, you can use it to get guidance on a specific topic. You know, you can ask the question, well, from a, from spirit's perspective, what is soul's purpose? Or what are the Akashic records? Or, you know, what's um, uh, anything you want to ask uh, on a particular topic? You can almost create an encyclopedia of definitions on, from spirit on different topics. You can use it in art. I just finished the first draft of a book about uh, the Beatles and spirituality. And there's a whole chapter in there about how uh, Paul and John used the same process of soul writing in their music composition. 
And it was fascinating when I was doing the research for the book, when I was reading about how yesterday, the book, the song yesterday came about, how across the universe came about, how, how they were downloading information. And they, they even admitted, you know, it was like, like a dream. I don't know where this, this just came out of nowhere. There are a lot of famous musicians. There are a lot of famous composers who have used soul writing. Uh, in the, the process of soul writing in their work, but so have artists, you know, uh, painters and sculptors have used it. Um, as I mentioned earlier, you can use it to explore esoteric philosophies. I used it to ask for what's the difference between universal laws and the Ten Commandments. And that's in, in my book, Soul Writing. And it was like I got this whole two week class on each of the Ten Commandments. Um, but the information that the writing gave me almost in the beginning was there's no, there's no universal law that begins thou shalt not. Now, I would never have written that in a conscious state. That never would have occurred to me in a conscious state. So that's how I knew I was working with a, with a higher energy. You can use it for psychoanalysis and healing. I had a, 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 an assistant professor at uh, Virginia Commonwealth University who um, contacted me. She's in the School of Social Work. And she said that she was diagnosed with breast cancer. And somebody gave her my book on soul writing. And she learned how to do it. And she started to do it. And she credits the soul writing for opening her up to her own spirituality and healing the, the, um, the breast cancer, helping to heal the breast cancer. So there's other cases. I did a whole book on that karma can be a real pain in which people with chronic illnesses were coming to me, were doing a regression and followed by um, a soul writing. And the soul writing often gave them more information than the regression did in terms of the source of that chronic condition that they were dealing with. You can use it for writing, um, writing for your own soul's growth. That's what I use it for now, you know, asking Questions as I go along in life, you know, what, what path to, to take keeps me on the straight and narrow. And then you can also use it in service to others. Once you learn how to do it, uh, you can offer that as an adjunct to your own, uh, practice. If you wish to, um, go a little deeper with, with, a, with a client, provided you have their permission, of course. Uh, and you can ask your guides to give you a message on their behalf. I do that with, um, at the end of uh, some of my regression work, we'll we'll do a soul writing session, uh, or I'll do it on their behalf, and then and there's a lot of aha moments that come from those sessions. Believe me, so it's very very powerful as a tool of transformation for people. How much of soul writing is connecting with your higher self, your intuition? the divine guides and downloading information and how much of soul writing is the actual process of the writing that facilitates accessing the information. It's mostly the writing itself. It's coming. Um, it's coming from above coming through you, through your soul, out your hand and onto the paper. Um, if you're doing it by hand, some people like to do it on the keyboard, but I don't recommend that because it's very easy to, when your eyes are halfway closed and you're, you're typing away, you might just slip over a little bit and then you won't be able to read anything. I tell newcomers to this process that if they're not getting anything in writing, 
when they're first trying this, but they're getting a message in their head, a very strong message in their head to write that message down. And then I suggest making ovals on the page because if you, you keep your wrist loose and you keep moving and you make ovals out of the oval will come the letter O or the letter E or an M or an L or an N. And then out of that, this is how it started for me. Out of that will come a word. Now, some people just get words. Some people get phrases. Some people get full sentences and paragraphs. So, um, but most people get it on the first try. It, you don't have to have a special skill to be able to do this. You don't have, to, it's not a, it's something that we all came in with. I like to say that it got, we got a phone home card. <laughs> and we got to put in our backpacks when we came to earth and we can pull it out at any time. So if we ever need help, it's like they're a 24 seven hotline, you know, and they're just kind of sitting around waiting for, for us to get in touch with them. So if, if you reach a place where you feel like, you know, I've tried everything. Uh, I've gone to counselors. I've gone to my minister or priest. I've, uh, I've read books. I, 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 I just, I can't get a handle on what I'm dealing with. Well, the soul writing will, will absolutely break that, uh, obstacle, break down that wall, and you'll be able to get some very valuable information through it. So let's talk a little bit about the methodology or some of the steps of soul writing. Okay. I actually came up with a series of, of steps. And there's 12 of them, and I didn't mean for it to be 12 step, but it turned out that way. Uh, some of them you only do once, and once you've done it, you don't have to do it again. And there are some, though, that you have to do every single time, and, and uh, I'll go over that. First of all, find a sacred place. So um, there might be a room in your house that you feel most close to spirit in. This is where you may already do your meditation, or this is a quiet place that you can listen to music. Uh, just feel out the energy uh, and then claim that as your own and then use that space uh, all the time. Second of all, you could set the stage, which means surround yourself with things that remind you of your spiritual journey. So that could be candles, it could be incense, it could be, you know, artwork, um, music, or maybe the sound of bells or something like that. That just reminds you of your spiritual connection and helps you to get a little bit deeper into that meditative state. Um, when you're first starting out, it's usually a good thing to do it at the same time in the same place, only because as humans were um, uh, creatures of habit. So um, Edgar Casey said, you know, do it the same time every day. It's like you're setting up a date with spirit. So you're saying, okay, I will be writing at from 10 to 10.30 every, every night. Spirit knows that will show up at that time to work with you. Once you've done this for a while, you don't have to do that anymore, obviously, because you could write anytime in any place. I've written on an airplane. I've written on the balcony of a hotel. I've written during the middle of a conference. Um, and uh, it, it, it doesn't, but in the beginning, just to kind of get it jump started. It helps to do it at the same time in the same place. Meditation is key. Uh, that's one of the steps you need to do every single time that you uh, enter into this uh, silent state, silent, peaceful state. That's essential for the soul writing. So is saying a prayer of protection. 
Um, you can use your own prayer. Uh, Unity has a beautiful prayer of protection. Mr. Casey gave us a prayer of protection. I developed my own prayer of protection. Basically, just visualize that you're surrounding yourself with white light so that you're uh, in a cocoon, like in a bubble of light, so that nothing can penetrate it. And ask that information that's only for your highest and best come through. So that'll safeguard you from any of these lesser energies that are looking for a way in. Then focus on a question if you have a question. If you don't have a question, you can just ask for a message for your highest and best. And then get ready to write. So just allow the pen to be poised over the paper. Let your hand be loose. Start with the ovals like I mentioned to you, ovals or loops, just to get it started. And if you get nothing on paper, but like I said, if you get a message in your head, go ahead and write that down and then go back. And then allow the message to proceed. This is stream of consciousness writing. So don't stop to cross your T's or dot your I's or worry about punctuation or grammar or spelling. Just let the writing go. My pen never leaves the paper. Sometimes it doesn't even put a space between words. It just just goes, you know, the old typewriters, the old manual typewriters, you're typing away and then the carriage goes all the way to the right and then you have to flip it back. That's what this is like. It just goes and goes and goes and goes. It's ideal to wait before you read because it's like a fine wine. It ages and the message that'll come through to you a week or two down the line is a little different than at that immediate moment. You'll know when you're writing what you're writing. Um, but I always say date the page because it's important for you to be able to go back and and uh, see what the message was and what was going on in your life at that particular time. And then I, I'll tell people, keep your writing safe. Um, a, a session with spirit for soul writing is like going to your therapist's office. And that is very sacred work. It's between you and the therapist. So you're working things out that you may not, in a conscious state, talk about or discuss unless it was somebody really close to you who understood your spiritual journey. So if somebody who doesn't understand what you're working on, what you're dealing with, what your belief system is, were to pick up a soul-writing message, they may get the wrong impression, and it could cause you some heartache. So unless your message is generic and you think that the whole world would benefit from it, by all means, share it. But if not, if it's personal, then I would keep it um, in a safe place. And then expect that your life will change because it will, uh, you know, for the better. Uh, and um, if you're going through a really difficult time, if it's an emotional low or you're dealing with health issues, of course, get the assistance of a outside professional. Um, I tell people not to do the soul writing if they're taking any kind of medication for depression or, um, or you know, if they're doing any kind of medication that might speed up, and food too, food and drink, that might speed up their metabolism or slow their metabolism down. You could still do the writing, but it won't be the optimal result that you're going to want to get. Um, when you're first starting out, you might feel tired, but after a while, when you do it for um, a time, it energizes you and you feel really good about doing it. Um, and then watch for synchronicities as they happen in your life, because now you've opened this door 
spirit knows you want more information and it'll send it in in different ways you know through dreams you might get a, a memory flash uh, when you're driving or taking a walk or listening to music. So it does open you up to a whole other way of living. Let me put it that way. It's just, it's just the most wonderful. Um, I think of all the, the tools that we were given, this one is the one that's least known, and yet it has the most uh, ability for healing work, forgiveness work, uh, and soul advancement. The benefits of writing from the soul can occur in the process. And as you're sharing, it can also happen in other areas of your life throughout your normal waking and maybe even sleeping or dreaming activities. That's right. It's, it's a, like I mentioned, it's a process that you, it's the whole idea of the key elements of soul writing, meditation, the prayer protection, the white light. If you do those things before anything else in your life that you're going to do, you're going to get a much deeper, profound experience out of it. Just slow yourself down and take the time to meditate. Take the time to ask for assistance and guidance. You could do it when you're taking a walk. I've done that. I've gotten tremendous advice while I've been just taking a walk. And like I mentioned to you about the Beatles and about other composers, I mean, Beethoven got one of his uh, great works while he was in a carriage. Uh, he fallen asleep and, and this music came to him. And um, uh, there's just so many. Uh, Jonathan Livingston Seagull, that book was written using soul writing. You know, he's not going to, Richard Bach's not going to say, yeah, I did use soul writing, but it was the same method, the same process. I wrote greeting cards using that process. So applying it to the artwork, art stage. I've used soul writing in some of my books. I've used soul writing to have a conversation with one of my past life aspects. You know, um, I learned that from Frank DeMarco, who uh, is a very prolific writer who, um did a, a whole book called Chasing Smallwood in which he's carrying on a conversation with his past life aspect from the Civil War. And it's fascinating because you can learn about history from the perspective of somebody that's actually lived during that time period. So the sky is the limit. I just had a woman today email me and said, could I develop it as a way of dealing with grief? Um, you know, how to, uh, be consoled about where their loved one is through the, through the soul writing. And you can do that um, because anybody can use it. Teenagers can use it to talk about their frustrations. Uh, you know, new mothers could do it. Uh, widows could do it to explore their, their sense of loneliness. Uh, you know, a divorce of someone who's divorced who feels like they've been abandoned they can use it for that purpose to really explore those feelings get an explanation as to why this is happening in their life so just sometimes knowing the why of it is so healing unto itself that's what i discovered when i did the physical karma research when they found out what was the reason 
for their physical condition, many times there was a spontaneous healing and it went away. So there's like just no end to it. And I'm just, I've just scratched the surface with the work that I've done. And it's very exciting to see where it's going to go. It sounds like it's not just about receiving messages. It can infiltrate your whole life. Absolutely. It, absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's meant to give you guidance. It's meant to have uh, a one-on-one with a higher power. That, um, and when you get it in writing, it's right there in front of you. You could go back and revisit it over and over again. When I meditate, I don't know if, if anybody else is like this. It's very profound at the exact moment that the message comes through, but then I forget it. When in a waking state, when I'm conscious again, I don't remember it. I don't remember the exact feeling I had or the exact wording of it. Whereas with soul writing, it's the same thing. You are doing the meditation, but you're getting it in writing so that you could go back to it anytime you want to revisit it. And it may provide you with the inspiration and the insights that you're looking for right at that given moment. It's kind of like dreams. Many people who provide dream work often will recommend that people write their dreams down right away in the morning before they forget them. Yeah. And this, you don't have to do that. You can do it at any time. That's the beauty part of it. I know Julia Cameron, when she did The Artist's Way, she talked about morning pages, right? So she said, right when you wake up, write three pages of a stream of consciousness writing. That's very much like this. Um, But you don't have to do it first thing in the morning. You can do it anytime. You can do it anywhere. Uh, And when you develop a rapport with spirit like that, sometimes when they want to tell you, when they want to offer you some suggestions or advice, you can sense that. Like I tell my friends, oh, I'm getting buzzed. Well, they think that's hysterically funny. But what I mean by that is that I'm sensing that spirit uh, wants to communicate, has something to tell me. Um, and, and they do it in such a beautiful, gentle, loving way. You know, during COVID, for instance, you know, they were encouraging me to make changes in my life so that I could get on with my writing because my soul's purpose is to inspire uh, and empower through the written word. I was going off on all these tangents and doing other things because they would appear to me to be really interesting and exciting. And I thought, oh, I'll start a healing center or I'll volunteer to, to do this or that. And, um, and they were very patient and very gentle and like, don't forget what your purpose is. Don't forget why you're here. Which is, by the way, the most asked question when I do a regression. The reason they, I'll ask them, why do you want to do this regression? I want to know why I'm here. I want to know what my purpose is. And so you can get all that through the soul writing. You know, you could put, my, put people like me out of business and, uh, and just um, you can do it on your own once you learn to do it. Um, and if you did it every day, you'd get better at it and better at it. The message would get deeper and deeper. It's just unlike any experience you've ever had. You mentioned earlier that a person's eyes may be closed. Is that necessary for writing from the soul? Halfway closed. Halfway. And the reason I say that is because once you get into this meditative state, you don't want to break that connection, right? So if you open your eyes halfway and you're totally conscious, you may not have that connection to spirit as deeply as you would if you um, remained in that altered state of consciousness. So 
just sort of sleepy eyed, you know, where you can still see. I mean, you can open your eyes if you want to, but I, I really feel like that just to maintain that connection with spirit and that meditative sort of etheric, sleepy place. Yeah. I recently started a more regular routine of expressive writing. James Pennebaker, uh, I believe, created this where basically you just write down all of your thoughts, your emotions, and don't censor yourself and just get down everything that's going on in your mind and consciousness down onto paper as a way of sort of uh, releasing what's happening for you and sort of getting distance from it. And maybe also as a way to understand and maybe get new insights uh, into what may be going on for you. And I noticed that, that I naturally started because I was reading your book around this time that I would do the expressive writing and then move into what you term soul writing. And it was a very beautiful, seamless process. It was like I was releasing the mm, sort of the static, the cobwebs of my mind, if you will, and then creating that channel for that information to come more clearly to support and help me. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah. I read Pennebaker's work and uh, I know how much that writing had meant to him personally and how he applied it to his life. And so, yeah, there's that very uh, gentle transition from one to the other. It's, uh, it's quite remarkable how you can start out one way and then just gently go into the, the deeper, um, more profound. And I say that only because many times when people read what they wrote, after a soul writing session they are so moved by it that they don't recognize that they actually did the writing so they'll think who's doing this writing this isn't me i couldn't have written this the message is something that's like i said when i wrote about the difference between universal laws and the ten commandments and i was told there's no universal law that begins thou shalt not i never would have written that Never would have written that. Um, and yet it stuck with me all this time. So it's those messages that you get that actually sometimes I just stop writing and I have to go. I, I'm so moved by it. it. This happens a lot with people that are left brain. They will. Um, yeah, I had, I remember I did a class once in Austin, Texas, and there was an attorney in the audience and when she did the writing she just burst into tears because she said she just did not think anything like that could come out of her so it's it's just a, an amazing amazing process and and the the paths that it leads you down you don't know ahead of time what they're going to be but they're very remarkable and they and they mean something your life is better for it um that's the important thing. What's the sense of getting guidance? You know, if if, if you um, if it doesn't help you in some way, shape, or form, and that's what spirit is there for. I mean, like I said, it's like picture um, picture them like at a telethon. You've watched a telethon where there's a bank of phones and they're all people are sitting there and they're kind of like waiting. That's how I picture spirit. Each one of us has a guy that's just kind of sitting behind the telephone at a telethon, 
you know, like twiddling their thumbs, waiting and think, I'm supposed to be helping this person. I never hear from them. So they're there for you. So uh, check in. It's like talking to an old friend that you haven't seen for a long time. It's, it's uh, just a wonderful feeling. You mentioned that meditation is an integral part of this process. How long or what type of meditation do you typically recommend for people? doesn't have to be long. Um, I mean, whatever your process is, I don't teach meditation. So, and I'll admit I'm not the best at it myself. So what I try to do is just, you know, clear my mind uh, and make sure I'm not distracted. Just take some deep breaths and relax deeper and deeper, relaxing into the chair. I usually have some music on in the background that helps me to meditate. That's why I said about setting the stage. Some people like to, to be totally quiet. Some people like music. Some people want to hear just chimes or bells or something like that. Um, so it could be just a few minutes to as long as you want, whatever you're comfortable doing. You'll know at what point it's time to start writing. Okay. Just make sure, do the meditation first. Make sure you say that prayer. Usually I start writing immediately after the prayer because the writing starts, the writing comes through right then and there. Mm -hmm. And you can write your question at the top of your paper if you want, or just say it as a mental mantra, whatever it is you, you're asking. But be, but be clear. And remember, the more profound the question, the more profound the answer is going to be. So, you know, if you're asking about lottery tickets, lottery numbers, <laughs> I don't know that you're going to get the answer that you're that you're hoping for. Um, but if you're asking about, you know, what path your soul should be taking, a, a, a career adjustment, a relationship issue, a financial situation that you're in, uh, why do you overeat or undereat? Why do you lack self-confidence? You know, why did you choose your these people as your parents? Um, you know, how can you help your son or daughter? I mean, those kinds of questions, spirit is ready and willing to uh, assist you with. So really think about the question that you want answered and, and, uh, and you'll get your answer. And, and no matter what the question is, you'll get your, you'll get an answer when you can't say that about any other method of therapy or, um, method of knowledge. Uh, that, that we have available to us. So this is why it's so special. Being able to access this part of ourselves, our higher self, the divine, whatever a person believes we're accessing is always with us. That's right. That's right. It's like I said before, it's like a 24-7 phone home card. You know, we're, we're little souls that we left the, we left the, when we were in spirit, we we're in the afterlife, right? We're, we plan the curriculum for this life. And so I like to use the analogy of us being little student, little kids, little souls, with a little backpack on. And then before we take the tram back to earth, you know, our creator says, now, wait a minute, little soul, before you go, I have something for you because you might get into some trouble down there, some challenges, and you, maybe you won't know how to handle it. But here, here's this little phone home card. We're here for you all the time, no matter when, somebody's here to listen and answer you. And puts that in our little backpack. But what happens, we come to earth, we forget it's in there. We forget we have this tool. 
But this tool is, as Edgar Casey said, it's our birthright to, to know this information. So, um, so just remember to pull out that 24-7 phone home card and somebody will answer, I guarantee. Yeah. It really does seem that it comes to settling in. And that's probably why meditation is so important is that we can be so caught up in our daily activities and thoughts of the past of the future and not really allowing ourselves to settle in and to listen and to receive those messages that are always there. They are. I mean, you know, even I've gotten away from it. I used to do it every day, every day, every day. And then uh, life happens, you know, and I stopped doing it. And my friends, if I get into a situation in my personal life that, you know, I'm not sure how to handle it. First thing my friends will say, well, did you ask? Did you check in? Did you ask? You know, I'll go, well, no, I didn't. So it's like, uh, you know, I have to remember to do it too. Sometimes you just get carried away with life, with other things, and you don't make the time to do it. And you have to really, this is an important element in your, in your growth. And, you know, it's free. You don't have to pay for it. Uh, it just requires your time and your commitment, and your belief. Uh, and uh, when you have that connection, you feel that connection, you know, you're on top of the world. You really are. It's it's like the most unbelievable feeling of joy, of connectedness, where you understand everything that's going on around you. Even the most devastating uh, events that are happening have, have some explanation in spirit, and you can get that. Um, so you can use it for something, you know, in your personal life, a question. You could use it for a, a question about world events. Uh, you could, you know, when COVID was rampant, I'm sure that that was like a, a really number one question people were asking. Why? What is this? What? What's the purpose of it? Um, are we going to be okay? Uh, and a lot of people are asking those same kinds of questions today with things that are going on. So it has um, just limitless possibilities. Can you share an example or two about how writing from the soul has positively impacted your life or somebody else's life? Well, I mentioned to you about the woman with the breast cancer. Um, I, I had um, another fellow, a man who... Um, came to me who, um, uh, he didn't tell me he had asthma all his life. We went to a regression in which he went and died. He had died in Pompeii. He had gone into the caves and, and suffocated. And that didn't come, that, um, we finished the regression. We did the soul writing. And the first words in his soul writing was asthma, the result of seared lungs. Now, suddenly the link for him came that, that he was dealing with asthma now and it somehow was linked to that lifetime in 79 AD. Well, what was going on in 79 AD? What was going on was he was a young man who was a prodigy in terms of he was a diviner in fire. He could look in the fire and he could tell the future. But he was arrogant and egotistic. And he was like the little boy who cried wolf. Nobody believed him. So when he went around, when he saw this, and he's trying to warn people, we have to plan to evacuate, nobody believed him. 
and out of guilt when he saw what was happening when Vesuvius erupted and everybody was was panicking, he went into the caves and he uh, died with with those people. He suffocated. In this life, he's a writer, a speaker, and spirits telling him, "Don't you do what you did last time? You know, you get your ego under control, so that people believe you. It's important that they believe you." So the asthma was a reminder of that. So it came up now, 2,000 years later. This happens a lot, where something that happened thousands of years ago, you're only dealing with it in the here and now. So that's another instance. I also had, um, I've had many, many clients. Uh, for me, it was, as I mentioned earlier, about focusing in on my writing and not forgetting my mission. Um for other people, it's been a lot about their physical condition um, and and their reaction to it and understanding the why of it and then releasing it that way. So uh, tremendous healing ability. You have also conducted research with soul writing where a person engaged in it and you also wrote for them. Yeah, yeah. That's the in-service to others. That's based on the companion mode of healing, which is based on shamanic journeying. So what you do in that, and I teach this in my class at the end, is that, say that you and I were, were working together. You would write something in soul writing, which would be a message for you. I would write something in soul writing, which is a message for me. Then we would I, you'd give me your message, I'd give you my message, you would read it, then you would ask for guidance to help me with whatever it is I wrote about. So you're writing on my behalf, you see? So um, in in past life work, what we do is at the end of the regression session, if the person wants to go deeper, then um, they'll we'll do the soul writing together. So they'll write... Um, They'll get a message from spirit, and it could be it'll answer any questions about that life that didn't come up in the regression. So it fills in the blanks, basically, um, and uh, or offers guidance. Like a lot of people say, well, I've got this information. I don't know what to do with it. Uh, so it'll, it'll fill in the blanks. I, on the other hand, will, will download information from my guides on their behalf. So I'll say to spirit, is there a message that you can give me? that I could give Emmy that'll help her with whatever she's dealing with. That's the companion mode of healing. And, and one of the reasons that that professor at the university wanted to contact me was because we were going to create a more mainstream version of soul writing that she could teach her social work students at the college so that they, when they graduate, they could use the soul writing in their practice in order to help their clients get to the bottom of it, get to the, the, the actual source of the issues that they're dealing with. So, like I said, this has tremendous possibilities. Would you say that it can be a form of channeling? It is a form of channeling, definitely, if you wanted to describe it that way. Uh, it's, you know, it's you channeling whatever higher energy that you work with that's been assigned to you, um, but putting it in writing. So a lot of channelers, you know, they'll just go into a meditative state, they'll start talking. 
but this is doing the same thing, but it's writing. And when you did that companion writing research, your messages that you both received were quite similar. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, and and what they what we found out was that we were pretty much connected to the same source. That's that was one of the ways that at the end of the of the research project, they just they felt as though we're all one, we're all connected to the same higher divine energy. So we're all pulling in from like the collective consciousness. Um, and that gave it credibility and validity um, because we didn't know ahead of time what the other one was writing, right? Um, and then, I mean, we didn't know, we did not know all the details of what was going on in their life. So to have the information coming through and confirming something that they knew, but, but we, I didn't know, uh, was, was tremendously, it was awesome. I mean, we were just blown away by it. Yeah. And very validating. Yeah, exactly. For those who may be listening and thinking, well, I'm not a writer or I don't write very well, or maybe they have challenges with vision or maybe physically it might be challenging for them to write. Are there any suggestions you have for those folks? Well, it, when we talked about channeling, if, 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 if they go into a meditation and they're getting a message, if they want to just verbally record it, they can do that. Mm -hmm. And that would be the equivalent of, of the, if they can't physically do the writing, if they have, uh, you know, uh, a dictation element on their computer, they could do it that way and then it will just, the writing will just appear. So there's a lot of um, ways through technology that we can get around that. Some people, um, you don't need to put it in words. You could put it in, in symbols. If you wanted to draw something, the message would be in the, in the drawing. So the art becomes the, you know, others, like I said, you know, they hear music and then that becomes the, the, the soul writing message. So the word writing uh, is the predominant method of doing it, but it certainly uh, extends to other avenues as well. Joanne, is there anything else you want to share today about writing from the soul? Just I want everyone to know that they can do it, that it's something everybody can do. And I really would encourage them to try it. And, you know, to just make that connection. Attempt, and if it doesn't work the first time, try it again. It, it actually gets better the more that you do it, the more you practice it. So don't get discouraged if you don't get something the first time. Just keep trying because the messages will come through to you and your life will just blossom like you, you just cannot believe. So give it a try. I've noticed when I've engaged in it that I sink into it deeper and deeper and the messages keep coming. And like you say, it really can bring, you know, whether somebody is on a spiritual path or not, um, it definitely can bring a lot of peace and calm. And like you're saying, it can even lift you and bring you joy and give you insights in ways that you maybe would have never thought about before. Yeah. 
exactly exactly you have nothing to lose there's no it's just you, between you and spirit there's you know you don't have to make an appointment you don't have to get out your credit card you know uh you could do it in your pjs you know you just don't um just just do it it's it's your it's your gift from spirit so don't go through life not never acknowledging the gift never using the gift um you know it's there for you and it's it can be a lot easier than you think it it can be just try it you'll see yeah you can definitely improve your life Joanne DiMaggio, thank you so much for being with me today and sharing this wonderful information that can really improve everybody's lives if they go ahead and give it a try. Thank you so much, Emmy. If anybody wants more information about soul writing or if you, I, I do some one-on-one -on -one, uh, sessions with people to teach them how to do it. Uh, the information is all on my website, joannedimaggio.com. And for those of you watching or listening, thank you for being with us.